Welcome to A Bigger Life, where you can break through the distractions, stop, listen, and speak to God in prayer. I'm Dave Cover. I want to help you use the Bible as your conversation with God so you can live a bigger life. look today at Psalm 30. Now, as a psalmist, uniquely inspired by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus said that about David in Matthew twenty-two forty-three, speaking specifically of David, but it would be true of all the psalms inspired by the Holy Spirit, which reminds us that we're praying words the Holy Spirit has put here for us to pray. And it's a certain kind of cool. And it's also an intimate thing that God wants us to use these psalms in our prayer to him. These are the kinds of prayers he wants us to bring And King David's prayers were often prophetic. He's the ancestor of David. Jesus was called the son of David, even though there was a thousand years between them. Jesus is uniquely the son of David in the biblical prophecy. And so a lot of David's prayers are describing poetically, figuratively, what will ultimately be literal, a literal future through the son of David, the Messiah, the Christ. So for example, we see this regarding Jesus's crucifixion and resurrection in David's Psalm, Psalm 22. And I think we see this in Psalm 30 as well, regarding the resurrected future of Christ's redeemed, those who are redeemed through the Messiah, which of course included David himself, which is why he's praying what he is praying in this Psalm. David is praying figuratively and poetically God's redemptive realities in his life And what he presently is praying poetically will also be true literally for him and for all those redeemed in Christ. And when we see that future, it empowers us in the now. It empowers our story now. We see the bigger story our life is in. It's interesting that the little subscript under Psalm 30, and these subscripts are as old as any ancient copy of the Bible that we have. It says it's a Psalm of David a song at the dedication of the temple. What was the temple? The temple was a figurative, it was literal, but it was a figurative, what's called a type of something that's real in Christ. And so the temple was this literal place on earth that was foreshadowing of Christ being the ultimate presence of God, the dwelling of God on earth. And also it was foreshadowing of the future when God returns to earth. We, th- we see that written in Revelation 21, 1 through 7. So the temple was a foreshadowing type of the reality of Christ's return, our resurrection, a resurrected world, heaven coming back to earth, creating a renewing earth to be the presence and glory and beauty of God. And so I think it is significant that this is a specific prayer of David when he was uh, wanting to dedicate the temple. And in that sense, I do think this psalm is uniquely prophetic regarding the return of heaven back to earth. And so David says in Psalm 1, I will extol you. That's a word, it's a strong word that means to praise God, to uplift God, to to, to elevate God in our words, in our thoughts, in our emotions, to praise God. I will extol you, O Lord, Yahweh, the I am, for you have drawn me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. Doesn't take a genius to see that what he's saying there poetically 
ultimately was true in the resurrection of Jesus. His foes did not rejoice over him. He had been resurrected by the Father. You have drawn me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. But this is also going to be true, literally, for the redeemed in Christ. We will be drawn up. This is a rebirth that's true now. The Holy Spirit lives in us, but it's also poetic of a resurrection that will be literal when Christ returns. Verse 2, O Lord, my God, Yahweh, my God. I love when David says, my God, because what he's saying there is not that I own God, but that God owns me and he has committed myself to me. And we see this all throughout the Old Testament and we see it coming true in the book of Revelation. I will be your God. You will be my people. I will be their God. They will be my people. There is a commitment when God makes to be our God. That is a covenant promise. That is an obligation. God is obligating us to be his, but he's also obligating himself to be our God. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. Now, David here is using that word that means salvation. It's a word in the New Testament, saved, salvation. That's a word that means healing, restoration, renewal. And this is a great way for us to see what salvation means. Salvation doesn't mean dying and going to heaven. Salvation means being restored to what God intends for us to be in the glory of our body, in the glory of our soul, in the glory of our humanity on earth, reflecting the image of God, living in the love of God in a perfect way, without evil, without sin, without death, without disease, without brokenness. So redemption is this healing that ultimately takes place in the resurrection, but it's also a kind of restoration that begins now. David's talking poetically, you have healed me. I don't think he's talking literally of God healing him of a disease. This is a psalm for the dedication of the temple. He's talking about something bigger than just himself. He's talking about a healed humanity that he is part of and that the temple foreshadows in Christ. Verse 3, O Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol. Sheol is a Hebrew word, Hades in the Greek. It's the idea of the world of death. O Lord, you have brought up my soul from the realm of the dead. This is figurative, but it's also literal in the resurrection of Jesus and also in our resurrection. All those who will be resurrected in Christ, the redeemed in Christ. David is talking here past tense because he's talking poetically, figuratively about the reality now, and we can do the same, but it is poetic about a literal future. You have brought up my soul from death. You restored me to life from among those who go down to the pit. This is an already not yet kind of thing. You have restored me, healed me. You have brought my soul up from Sheol. You have restored my life from those who go down to the pit. That's kind of a, a poetic parallelism to death. You have resurrected my life from death. This is poetic now by the Holy Spirit giving us rebirth in Christ. It was poetically true of David in, in his time, and it is literally going to be true of us in the resurrection. What David is praying here is figuratively true and going to be literally true of every redeemed person in Christ. It's a good way to read the Psalms because I think it's God's intended way for us to read the Psalms. And so David says in verse four, sing praises to the Lord, 
O you his saints. Now there's a New Testament word, right? That means sanctified ones, holy ones, ones who have been set apart in Christ. To be a saint doesn't mean you're literally somebody right now without sin because that's that's not that's nobody this side of the resurrection what it means is you're somebody who's redeemed in Christ and you're going to be resurrected from the dead in a body without sin a body without death a body that is powerful and glorious and incorruptible and if that's who you are going to be then in Christ that's who you are now there's a telescoping kind of effect what will be is true of us now. We have to live that way. We are saints. O oh, you his saints and give thanks to his holy name, the I am. He is Yahweh. Sing praises to the I am. O oh, you his saints, you his holy ones, you who are restored in Christ and give thanks to his holy name. What this poetry does for us, what this prayer does for us, is it helps us use our imagination to see the reality of who we are now. We are made new now in Christ. We are resurrected in Christ in a figurative way, in a mysterious way, by somehow in the eyes of God and by the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. And that presence is producing in us even now what will ultimately be true of us in the resurrection. So we're saints and we give thanks to his holy name who makes us holy in Christ. Verse five, for his anger is but for a moment and his favor is for a lifetime, eternity. His grace is for eternity. God does have anger. That anger is put on Christ at the cross. We also know that God is grieved in our sin and he does in some way discipline us in our sin. There is the presence of God's anger in a fatherly way, but it is not a permanent state. God's emphasis in our relationship is his grace that is for a lifetime because of Christ dying on the cross and breaking through the other side of death and rising from the dead. And that resurrection is our resurrection. That death is our death. He has become for us the death and the resurrection of our own lives. And so this psalm becomes our prayer. So David says, weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. This is your story. There is weeping now. There is difficulty now. There is trial and tribulation now. And there is the reality of brokenness in our lives now, brokenness in our relationships now, dysfunction in our families now, dissatisfaction in our work now, dissatisfaction in our life now. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. The morning, I think, being very poetical of the resurrection and the new creation. This is imaginative language. This is poetic language. And we have to use our imagination to let the Holy Spirit's words here have impact in our lives so that we see today, we see right now differently. Living the Christian life requires an active imagination, not conjuring things up that aren't real, but using the eyes of your heart to see things that are real, but are right now unseen. That's what this poetry does. That's what the Psalms do. So David prays in verse 10, Hear, O Lord, Yahweh, and be merciful 
to me, O Lord, be my helper. This is my now. I need God's mercy now. I need God's help now. God is redeeming me. He has redeemed me. There is an already not yet aspect to my life. I live now this side of the resurrection with all of its broken realities, non-resurrection realities. But my life now is that I am a saint because of who I will be in the resurrection. My life now is one where God is my salvation. He has brought healing. I require his mercy every moment because of my sin. And yet he has been merciful to me because of this future he has already purchased for me in Christ. Oh, Lord, be my helper. You are my helper. This is an already not relationship we have with God. We ask him to redeem us, to be merciful to us, to be our helper, also with the confidence that in Christ he already has and he will, and he is doing that. It's an already not yet kind of faith in God. So verse 12, that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. This glory of who I will be in the resurrection, this glory of a body raised in power, raised in glory, raised incorruptible, without sin, raised a body explosive in the spiritual world, not seeing just the physical, but seeing the spiritual world. This is Paul's promise in 1 Corinthians 15 of our resurrection, that that now, that my glory now may sing praise and not be silent. So David finishes this psalm with this line, O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. See, David brings that word forever into this because ultimately this psalm is saying just that because of resurrection, this prayer is a forever prayer. My relationship with God is a forever relationship. My joy and my gladness and my praise and my thanksgiving is a forever relationship with the I am who is my God. O oh Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Do you see your life in the story of forever? Do you see forever as the timeline of your life that defines the now for you? The forever defines the moment. Because that's what it means to live inside God's bigger story. That's how we live the bigger life. Let's bring the truth of this Holy Spirit-inspired psalm deeper now into our heart and deeper into our soul by praying the key verses that we've looked at in this psalm. Let's pray with David. Let's join David who lived 3,000 years ago. Let's go 3,000 years back in time and join the prayer of David as he's praying by the Holy Spirit about his future and our future and how that changes everything about our now. Let's pray. O oh Lord, Yahweh, the I am, I will extol you. I exalt you. I praise you high and lift it up in my mind. And in the eyes of my heart, I see you as glorious and beautiful, full of splendor and majesty. The power that created this entire universe is a power that you bring into my life right now because of your redemption and because of your presence and because of what Christ has done for me. Oh, Lord, you have drawn me up. You have resurrected me. You will resurrect me in the future. And even now, because that's my future, it's true of me now in a rebirth, your Holy Spirit living inside of me. You have not let my spiritual foes rejoice over me. 
The powers of darkness will not rejoice over me because you have drawn me up. You have resurrected me. You have given me new life. Your Holy Spirit indwells me. You have given me rebirth in Christ. O Lord, my God, you have committed yourself to be my God. I walk today in the confidence that the God who created this universe has committed himself. You have committed yourself to be my God. I belong to you. You have promised yourself to me. You have made a covenant with me in Christ. You are the I am who has obligated yourself to me. That is so amazing, I can't even begin to fully comprehend the magnificence of this promise. I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. You have restored me. You have resurrected me already, but not yet. I know this is my future in Christ because Christ has already begun the new creation by rising from the dead. It's already started. And this is my future, and so this is my now. This is my present, the now. You have healed me. I await, I look forward, I long for being glorified as Paul prays and Paul says in Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 30, I've already been glorified, already been made righteous in Christ. Oh Lord, my God, I cried to you for help. I cry now for you to help me. Help me live as the redeemed. Help me live with the power of your Holy Spirit, empowering my life, empowering my day, empowering my faith, empowering how I see my family, how I see people at work, empowering how I see those who are against me, that I would see them with the confidence of the bigger story my life is in, and that Yahweh is my God, and Yahweh is my help, and you have obligated yourself to me, and you are healing me because you have already healed me in Christ. Oh Lord, you have brought up my soul from the depth of Sheol. You've brought up my soul from the pit. You have drawn me up and restored me to life. You have restored me to life by your Holy Spirit who indwells me, by your Holy Spirit who fills me with your life and your glory and your splendor and your holiness and your love and your joy. This is my future, so this is my now. You have restored me to life in Christ. You have brought up my soul from death. You have brought up my soul from the pit. And so I give praise to you. You are Yahweh. You are the I am. You are the source of all existence. You are the giver of all life. And you are always infinitely 100% present with me, looking at me, loving me, promising yourself to me. And so I give thanks to your holy name, your name of splendor, your name of glory, your name of beauty beyond what my mind can possibly imagine. My weeping may be for a time, but joy comes with the confidence of resurrection. There will be a time of unfathomable joy. And so I rejoice now. Be merciful to me. 
Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my stupidity. Forgive me of my unbelief. Forgive me of my selfishness. Forgive me of my self-sufficiency, this illusion that I can live my life for my own purpose and my own plan. Forgive me for forgetting that you are the God who is always with me. Forgive me for forgetting that the bigger story I'm in because Christ has already died and already risen from the dead and you have already filled me and dwelled me with your Holy Spirit and you have healed me, you are healing me. You have already resurrected me from the dead. You are resurrecting me now. This is the story my life is in. You are my help and you are my helper and you are my glory and my confidence. And so, Lord, my God, I give thanks to you forever. As long as I have my being, which is an eternity in Christ, I give thanks to you with a heart of appreciation and gratitude and joy for what you have done for me in Christ, what you will do for me in Christ, and what defines my present moment now because of the bigger story my life is in. I give thanks to you, Yahweh. I give thanks to you, the I Am. I give thanks to you, my God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.